one dog Charlie stands against a crew of possums constantly trying to invade the attic space of the Robles home. Who will win? We find out next time on season two of Possum Hunter. Well, hello and welcome to TV on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And for those of you faithful listeners wondering why I said TV on the Side instead of movies, because we're actually going to talk about a TV show today. It's a special episode called Tots. <laughs> Tots. The V is silent mm. in, in Tots. <laughs> right, right, right. Some of our listeners and friends, namely uh, Jordan, Matthew, and Jared, they, they wanted to start... A standalone podcast of TV on the side, which is fine. A spinoff. They're going to do a spinoff, and that's totally fine. We'll, we'll keep that opportunity for them. But today, on our 101st episode, we crossed the Rubicon into the hundreds, the triple digits. We're going to talk about a TV show today because uh, neither Nate and I got to watch the same movie this week. We did not. Uh, so we're just going to say in these, not because, well... I have no excuse because I have all the time in the world these days. Steven has been very busy in life. But we'll just say a special episode for some special times that we live in. That's exactly right. And also because I and my wife have recently discovered a TV show that has been lauded by many people up until now. And we're just getting around to watching it. But we're talking about The Good Place, starring Kristen Bell. Now, The Good Place. This TV show aired from 2016 till this year. Correct. I think the series finale happened in 2020, right? Like kind of just recently? I think, yes, at the end of the fall. I'm not sure. Seems January 9th, 2020 might have been the series finale. So anyway, so the series has ended. There are four seasons of The Good Place. My wife and I are four episodes into season two. Which you, you're farther along, right? You've almost watched it all. Right. I am three episodes away from the series finale, so I am in season four. But today on TOTS, <laughs> we are just going to be discussing season one and maybe into a couple episodes of season two. But mostly I want to discuss the twist at the end of season one. Right. There are spoilers for that, but we will not get into... Uh, deep into season two, three, or four, because Steven is not there yet. Right. And and so spoilers, if you have not seen this show, it's on Netflix, if you would like to see it. And I'll tell you the exact place that I'm at. In season two, Michael has just had his existential crises. And we're just, I think the next episode in the queue is the trolley episode, mm, mm-hmm. where you have the, the, the trolley problem or whatever. So anyway, right. that's, that's what's coming up next. But anyway, The Good Place, starring Kristen Bell. Let me take you behind the scenes for just a second before we jump into this actual TV show. Okay. This show was written, produced, created by Michael Schur. Yep. Schur? Yep. I don't exactly know how to pronounce it. It's either Schur or Schur. Schur. But this guy has touched so much TV gold. Oh. He is the Rumpelstiltskin of TV shows. Wow. Let me just give you a quick little background here. Yes. Worked at SNL for a while, 97 to 2004. Executive produced, wrote, was a writer on, and produced The Office. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. a little a little known TV show. The American Office. The American Office. Yes. Right. He was right. also played Moe's Schrute, Dwight's uh, brother in that show. So Office, I think we can all say a pretty big hit. Right. During the Office run, he started writing and he created, uh, co-created, co-wrote, um, acted in a little bit, executive produced Parks and Rec. Another very big show kind of in the style of The Office. Right, right. Then in 2013, he created Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, right around only two of those episodes, but executive produced Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I would uh, still going to this day ever since 2013. And that has its own fandom. I've only seen a little bit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine here and there. Then got into The Good Place. 2016 has written and created the sort of this whole arc of The Good Place wrote an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. But when he gets involved, I'm looking at a uh, a chart that shows how involved he is in a show. And the more involved that Michael Schur is in a show, the more successful it is, it seems. He was able to pitch a show and get, I think, like 13 episodes greenlit before anything happened. Just because he was like, I have a new idea for a show. I have a new thing I want to do. And NBC is like, yep, whatever you want. Man. We'll make it for you. I discovered today that there are Rotten Tomato scores for TV shows as well. Ooh. The Good Place has a 97% on the critic score tomato major, 89% audience satisfaction, which, yeah, is interesting. But critics, highly, uh, highly rated. Yes. So, The Good Place, so with Kristen Bell, now if you don't know who Kristen Bell is, if you've seen Frozen, you know who she is. She is the voice of Anna. Yes. This is an actual Anna. That's an actual Anna. Not the actual Anna as in Anna Kendrick. Right. Yes, you've seen her there. She does a lot of like Broadway stuff too, right? Right. Uh, I would say that Chris, uh, she was well known for Veronica Mars oh, back that's right. in the day. That's right. Then she was in a couple like more like comedy movies, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Couples Retreat, One in Rome. She did some of these things. Yeah. She has pivoted uh, in recent years. Uh, she did House of Lies um, and then did a Veronica Mars reboot uh, right. and The Good Place and did Frozen. And I think Disney at some point in time discovered that Kristen Bell is the perfect proxy for kind of what they want all of their their brand to be she is the embodiment of what for example like a disney plus right so she hosted uh, recently a new an original show on disney plus i hope that disney doesn't have kristen bell like some sort of extortion thing uh, <laughs> on her and like she's not trapped no in a, a disney well no, yeah. but she is like between the good place Frozen, which will probably go on for forever as long as that's making money. Right, for um, sure. A couple of these Disney Plus shows and her overall bubbly uh, cuteness. Uh, she's really like a wonderful face for Disney at this moment. So The Good Place starring Kristen Bell as Eleanor Shellstrop, William Harper as Chidi, Jamila Jamil as Tahani. Uh, Ted Danson as Michael. A, a big name for those who are TV fans from the past. Uh, not I. I'd never watched a single episode of Cheers, but Ted Danson's famous. So this show starts off pretty weird. And so now I'm watching this with Whitney. We're watching this together. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, she's exclaimed several times because I ask her periodically, 
what do you think of this? Because she'll laugh at some things. Like, and I'll mm-hmm. we'll both laugh. I'll laugh at more things than her. But but she's laughing at them. And I'm like, so do you like it yet? Like, are you into it? And she's like, ah, it's super weird. But it's very weird. It's kind of funny. It's super weird, especially that first episode when there's like the giant shrimp in the sky and there's you know just really terrible CG and the whole world is falling apart. Like, it's very strange. Yes. But it's interesting. You kind of get a little bit sucked in because you want to know what happens. Right. Michael Schur sat down with one of the co-creators of Lost before he wrote this show and because he was a big Lost fan. And he basically said to the co-creators, like, I want this to have like a, the comedy feel of Lost, where at the end of an episode, you're like, well, wait, what does that mean? What is that? What's why? Why is that happening? Gotcha. And it really sucks you in. It really does. And, you know, again, again the premise Kristen Bell wakes up, she's died, she thinks she's in heaven, a.k.a. the good place. The character Michael, which is Ted Danson, is the guide angel. I wonder, is this supposed to be like an allusion to... The architect. Michael, like the archangel from the Bible? Do you think that's part of it? Maybe, yes. Sure. Sounds right. The first season goes on, and you know all these characters get to know each other. Kristen Bell realizes she doesn't belong. She's been confused with another... Eleanor Shellstrop. Right. Which is hilarious. Hilarious premise. And then Cheedy, friend, compatriot, who's supposed to be the soulmate of the real Eleanor Shellstrop. Which right. This whole idea of soulmates is hilarious. Yes. How they're not paired together, supposedly. Uh, Cheedy begins to teach her ethics and morality and philosophy, which is it's just amazing. Like, <laughs> how much actual philosophy, moral teaching from like... Kant and all these people like and Kierkegaard and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty deep like philosophy stuff. It's pretty hilarious. It is a group. It ends up being kind of a group of four. So it's Eleanor, Chidi. Then we have Jason, who at first you think is uh, Jean Yu, a Taiwanese monk. We've taken a vow of silence. We find out later is a, an amateur DJ from Jacksonville, Florida named Jason. And so he is also mis- like I don't know. He's also pretending to be somebody he's not. Jamila Jamil, who plays Tahani, who is paired up as the soulmate of Jason. And I'd love to just talk briefly about their characters and uh, some of your favorites from those four. I love Chidi and Eleanor, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like Their interactions and, and who they are together is amazing. Tahani is kind of hilarious. She's a little bit insufferable, which is the idea. Right. Because she's like this British, you know, she thinks she's done amazing things in life. Turns out she realizes she was all doing it for with the wrong reasons on earth. Right. I didn't care about helping the people I raised the money for. I just wanted to prove my parents wrong and stick it to my sister, get fame and attention. My only real goal was to snog Ryan Gosling at the Met Ball, which I did. Jian Yu is kind of funny at first, but when he actually like we actually see him like his real character and stuff, I could kind of do without Jason. I'll be honest. Oh man! Now I I've seen more of this than you, but I think either Jason uh, gets better like a fine wine throughout it, or I just enjoy like him talking about like throwing Molotov cocktails and Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars and things like that. I am on the opposite end of the spectrum. I love Jason's random chaotic neutral 
character. Yeah, he's he's interesting, and he has a couple of nice moments when he's comforting Tahani in season two, and like <laughs> moments where he calms Michael, where he acts like a Buddhist monk, and he's really not. So those those parts are kind of funny. So at one point, the bad place comes in. And they say that they have the real Eleanor Shellstrop down in the bad place and that there's been a confusion. Yeah. And this is like a huge conflict. Anyway, the real Eleanor Shellstrop, then they begin calling Kristen Bell the fake Eleanor, which is kind of hilarious. And she doesn't like that. They're all in the world together and they're trying to figure out who goes where. And there's this one episode where Cheedy discovers his, what was supposed to be his quote unquote soulmate, the real Eleanor. Mm-hmm. And fake Eleanor, Kristen Bell, and Tahani, there's kind of this love triangle situation in one of the episodes. Right. I would love to hear, why don't we do a romance corner? Okay. Why don't you tell me, Nate, how you feel about Chidi and those three characters? I know we'll never be soulmates, but we're friends. Now get in this boat and read some boring French poetry. Uh, I think Chidi and Eleanor are great. I think their chemistry... Uh, between William Jackson Harper and Kristen Bell is top-notch. But I think, as we later find, uh, her name is Vicky, who plays the real Eleanor right. Shellstrop, is perfect in that role as well. But I I think as we're supposed to feel, Cheedy needs someone to kind of call him out and ruffle his feathers a little bit. Right, right, right. So the fact that Kristen Bell does it the most is definitely my, my favorite of those three. I, I do find their chemistry the best at the end of that episode you know there's kind of this moment where chidi might be able to choose one of them right as you know they kind of like set up this thing but that's his kryptonite right because he's extremely indecisive my wedding isn't for another month this was a test to see if you could handle being my best man and just as i predicted you failed miserably oh no all of them come back and say like oh no we were just being emotional and so then none of them and at the end of that episode my wife turned to me and she was like who would you choose oh boy <laughs> and i was like this seems like a terribly loaded question <laughs> so i don't know if i should answer this at all but did you i said tahani is a little too insufferable her personality i don't think is can do that and then the real eleanor quote unquote at that point she seemed kind of fakey too Sure. Which we can come to find out why. And so I did say, like, the the fake Eleanor, Kristen Bell's character, you have to, uh, right. to do that. Let's talk about morality and ethics. Okay, very good. This show does a very interesting thing, and I'm not sure if it slowly pivots that way further as it goes on or if it was meant to always be this way. Uh, but I did some background digging on the show that there's a very different a very different path i think this show takes between discussing theology mm-hmm. and philosophy right this show could go super like focusing on different religious systems focus on different belief systems and faith systems throughout the world right and kind of see how that like and they make an allusion to it, which I think is probably them writing in if they wanted to go that direction, they could writing in how like, oh yeah, so every every religious uh, system gets it wrong a little bit, but there's one guy named, was it Doug or 
got it right once while high on mushrooms or something like that. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he got like 93% right. Yeah, yeah. He got he got closer than anyone else. It started there, but for the rest of the season, which I think as far as making a secular TV show that is intended to make money and be broadly acceptable, it has to be like universally loved. It can't offend giant swaths of religious groups because... Uh, those are the people wanting to watch this show. Right. So I think it does a really great job when we get to part four of Tots and we can talk about the ending of this movie or ending of this TV show where it's going. I find it it's heading kind of in an unsatisfying way because it avoids theology. But it does a great job of speaking of morality and ethics, but while not alienating a specific faith group on in our real world as we watch. What, did you, what were your thoughts on that? I... I thought it was going to, I was actually kind of prepared as a Christian to get a little bit up in arms over like if it was going to be kind of offensive against Jesus and the God I serve. <laughs> right, right. But uh, it, it kind of sidesteps all of that, I think, just because it doesn't want people like me to tune out. Yeah, I think it does really well writing that line. I don't think it's ever offensive. And it's never really clear like what, again, that episode where Michael says like, oh, every religion kind of got it partly right. You know, I think they do a good job of of not pinning down any worldview that this is supposed to represent it. My wife and I talked about it after one of the episodes, and we were like, the point system and like how you get into the good place, it is very reminiscent of things like Hinduism, and you get to, quote-unquote, the good place by doing good works. And that is kind of a an approach by many worldviews, not one of Christianity. And so... It's interesting distinction. When your time on earth has ended, we calculate the total value of your life using our perfectly accurate measuring system. Only the people with the very highest scores, the true cream of the crop, get to come here to the good place. And also it's interesting to hear Chidi talk about what makes things meaningful and why we should have morals. Because mm-hmm. he is approaching it from kind of an agnostic worldview mm-hmm. you know one of the episodes in season two when they're trying to have michael understand that why things should be important why we should make important uh, moral decisions he says because humans understand that they're going to die one day that's why the choices we make are important and so it's an interesting justification what makes things good and bad morally and so it's there's some smart writers. I'll just say that. Yes. There's some really smart writers that are pulling from different worldviews and they do it tastefully and it's not offensive and they they know enough about all these worldviews cuz to make it hilarious. Like it's right. it's actually pretty funny. Right, cuz you have to choose, like you have to pick from some sort of combination worldview. You have to pick on something because even things like morality and like ethics and things like that, you have to kind of choose from the like I would say a pretty common one is, uh, at least in modern day, um, I mean, th- there are still groups that I would say would disagree with it, but for the most part, you would say like, hey, it is better to help another person than to just selfishly help yourself, which is kind of like a, a plucked a plucked out uh, important thing. But like if the show kind of uh, nods at you and goes like, all right, you can you can probably follow that line of logic, right? Right. You can kind of stay with the fact that like it's better to help someone than to just live for yourself. Right. And it's like it tries to find a common ground kind of. And yeah, and it's interesting because like in Tahani's case, she did a bunch of good 
deeds, but her motivation was wrong. Right. And so it's interesting how, so the, the twist at the end of season one is that they are not in the good place, that these four humans are actually in the bad place. And every other person in this world is a bad place crony. Right. And they're actually trying to torture them in a way that they've never done before in the afterlife, <laughs> rather than, you know, the hilarious, like, pulling and biting and, like, right. physical torture that they're accustomed right. to. Spiders up the nose and all that stuff, yes. Right. They're trying to torture them psychologically. And Kristen Bell's character understands why she's in the bad place. She's the one that figures it out at the end of season one. Right. Tahani and Chidi can't understand why they're in the bad place at first, but it's because Tahani, all of her good deeds were from a bad motivation standpoint. Mm-hmm. And Chidi tortured everyone in his human life because of his indecisiveness. And they have this incredible flashback of his best friend's wedding. And he says that yes. he should be the best man and he'll be decisive. It's pretty hilarious where you know, the friend makes him believe it's the actual wedding day and Chidi's failing miserably. And the friend is like, I knew this would happen. The wedding's now for another week. I just needed to prove to you you couldn't do it. Yeah. So, yeah, like, like that was deep. There is another thing that this show is very, very smart about. And that is when you're dealing with things like morality, if you go super, I would say, into like the really immoral things, it's no longer funny, right? So if, if you, if for example, Eleanor is like, you like killed somebody or you like, you truly did some things that were like, really harmful right then it's like we wouldn't be able to laugh about it but what they make all of our four lead characters all of their issues or all of their like problems and even when they talk about the point system we don't have to wrestle with like different uh really bad stuff it's always like eleanor shellstrop did things like she convinced someone she was in like con someone out of money or she lied to someone about she lied to a boyfriend about the fact that she wasn't like a paramedic or things that were goofy but not like what we would consider super like well you go to the bad place away right right and that's a, a smart way to make your characters so we don't have to necessarily wrestle all together with the ethics of like maybe they should never have a chance Does that make sense yeah 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 yeah, yeah. steven what did you think about the twist of this of this show what did you think about the end of season one because I think the Michael laugh when she finds out that we're not in the good place, his sinister laugh, may be a, a top 10 TV moment for me while watching it the first time. This is the bad place. <laughs> oh, man. I was definitely not expecting that twist. It was a great twist, and they play it super well. Ted Danson does a great job the whole first season seeming real chummy and friendly. And when he turns, mm -hmm. he's a little terrifying at times. Yes. He is really convincing now bad guy after the fact. Right. And uh, yeah, I think he, do he does a great job at that. And so it was a great twist ending of that season going into the second season. And I was like, oh my goodness, how are they going to resolve this? And it's super interesting and how, you know, like Michael, this is his last chance to get it right because all the bad place people were unconvinced that this strategy of psychological torture would work. Right. They give him another chance. He has to take like 600 to 700 chances because he keeps failing. Like they, the point is they can't figure out they're in the bad place. So the, you know, the four humans, Eleanor keeps figuring it out. So they have to keep resetting them. 
All right, which is also an interesting like determinism versus you know free will kind of uh, discussion. Like every time, like mm-hmm. Michael tries over six hundred times, and every time Eleanor figures it out, and it seems like there's this inevitability, right? That no matter what Michael does, it's it's going to happen. So that's kind of an interesting twist. And then they finally agree at the beginning of season two. They convince Michael that Michael needs them. Otherwise, Michael's going to get in trouble for failing at this new bad place idea. And they need Michael to not rat them out and not wipe their memory again because he keeps wiping their memory to start over. And so then they begin to work together. It's just a it's a very interesting dynamic. Like this is a very unique and original concept. Yes. I'll give them that. Uh, we can talk about it in a future tots when we get to it. But right, right, right. I'd love to hear your thoughts about because I think when I got through season two, or I got, kind of got halfway through season two, I was unsure of where the show could go and stay as interesting as these first two seasons. Right, right. A bit of, not, not a spoiler, but a bit of like, I think that it loses a little bit of oomph mm. in season three. Okay. Or heading into season three and into season four. I'm hoping that it kind of... It's funny throughout. So if you're just looking for like funny episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Schur and this whole cast is great. So you can never go wrong. Okay. But as far as like the larger arc, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about where it goes next as far as a, a plot. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious. So we're going to do several parts because we will cover the entire series, but I'm, I'm in that middle of season two. So, so we'll see. Okay. I don't know. Should we rate season one and a half of The Good Place? Yeah, I think so. I think we should do it. On a scale of zero to five, I almost said clam chowder fountains because that was disgusting. <laughs> that was, and then, and then yeah. I was thinking frozen, frozen yogurt. yogurt. Yeah, but that's that's too easy. And then I thought chalkboard. Shrimp? <laughs> Shrimp. Can we just, the, that clown house and those closing yes. doors yes. never gets old. That gag works every time on me. It really does. It's hilarious. So... All right, on a scale of zero to five clowns. Okay. We'll do that for this for this first season and a half. I will rate The Good Place. Oh, hold on real quick. What did you think about Janet? Oh, Jan- We never even talked about Janet. Janet, which is the, the robot mainframe. Like, the Alexa of this. Yes, the Alexa show. of The Good Place. At first, she's kind of annoying. Like, I don't really understand her character. But then eventually, I, it's interesting. Because, like, they have rules for her. Like, she can't tell Michael anything about what the humans tell her. Mm -hmm. So what they tell her is their secret safe with her. And that's how Kristen Bell hides the secret note about the find cheaty thing. Right. After they wipe their memory. And then, like, they also, she's actually a Janet from The Good Place. And so she's, I guess she has qualities from that. Because there's also Janets from The Bad Place. And those are kind of funny, too. (laughs) But she's she's a very interesting plot device and character. Yes. So I'll just say that. All right. Go ahead. Yes. Rate this show. I'm gonna I'm gonna rate season one and a half of the Good Place a solid four. A solid four clowns. It's very smart writing. It makes me chuckle here and there. Kristen Bell is great in in the show. And so yeah, four clowns. I'm going to give this part of the Good Place. I'm gonna give it four and a half. It really is my, mostly because it's my cup of tea. I think you were right on it. It's for, was it object? I never know which one's objective and subjective. What do you mean? What's the one that takes in the- Objectively is like how good it is apart from your personal feelings about it. Yes, yes. Objectively, I think it's a four. Three and a half or four. Subjectively, 
It's a four and a half for me. It is my jam. It's my level of, it's my type of humor. I think that this first season culminating in the twist of season one, it's one of those where if you hadn't, like, I hope that people watch it and don't, like, I truly don't want it to be spoiled because I think it's a really fun, oh, I get it. They were tortured the whole time and they were forced, like, Chidi was forced to make a bunch of decisions. Eleanor is forced to like pretend she was like a different person and same, you know, all that. Yeah. I think it's really, really fun. It's really well written. Maybe it's, I think it's, it's downfall is that there is a, as a person who myself believes in an afterlife, like there's a hollowness to it because it doesn't involve any theology or like a loving God or a creator. Sure. uh, From that sort of standpoint. Which I understand why it doesn't go that direction. Yeah. But there is a part of me that um, this show is, I would say, it's eggnog to me. <laughs> okay. It's not like nutritious. It's uh, it's great t- from time to time. And it's really funny and uh, enjoyable. But uh, I wouldn't make a meal of it, if that makes sense. Very good. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed TV on the side this week. <laughs> and uh, we'll, finish, we'll finish up the Good Place review uh, once I have actually finished the series. And you have like three episodes left of the very I last do. season. I'm so close. But it's one of those shows that I'm watching with my wife. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, uh, I can't watch ahead. Right. We have to have time where we're both ready for it, which is in these quarantine days, if you are with a significant other in one place... Uh, the struggle is real figuring out is this an us show is this just a me show <laughs> can i can i binge this when you're not around and by not around i mean in a separate room because we're always around <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll come back with it listeners tell us what you think again if you have some movie suggestions or top five suggestions hit us up on instagram at movies on the side and if you have not supported us on patreon you should go check it out a lot of bonus episodes there patreon.com slash movies on the side We will see you next week. I didn't know how to end that. (laughs) Crushed it. Crushed it. Currently, Steven's dog, Charlie, is defending the house because they have uh, small bear cub-sized possums that roam the Robles' home. So they got a guard dog in order to fight off the possums. The guard dog is, weighs approximately 13 ounces and is the size of a stuffed teddy bear. They expect this dog to fight off the mutant possums, teenage mutant ninja possums that surround the home, locked in a struggle between good and evil, the darkness and the light. One dog, Charlie, stands against a crew of possums constantly trying to invade the attic space and thus the playroom of the Robles home. Who will win? We find out next time on season two of Possum Hunter.